1: The Controversial Christ. We're going to take a look at John chapter 5 today and take a look at this Controversial Christ. Join us. Truth for Today is up next. (laughs) To be sure, Jesus is very polemic. There are no fence-sitters when it comes to Christ. You're either with Him or against Him. You love Him or you hate Him, and there's no in-between. Today, we continue our look at John. We're in Chapter 5, message called The Controversial Christ. Won't you join us? From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our teacher and pastor now. Here's Pastor Phil Howard.
2: Turn, if you will, to John 5. Let us read the narrative, and then we'll... Make some comments. This is the only part that you get amen with full conviction. The reading of the word, right? It is truly God's word. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. We don't know which one. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda which has five roof colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. We have at least three different places in the gospel where there's a Sabbath battle and war that breaks out. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, But he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. Just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. This is God's Word. Amen? I want to speak on the controversial Christ. No subject in history, past or present has been more controversial than Jesus Christ. And the greatest controversy is, who in the world is he? Is he just the son of the carpenter? Is he just the son of Joseph? Is he an illegitimate child of Mary? Is he a child of fornication? Is he deity? Is he a good man, a nice man, Uh, a prophet? Uh, All kinds of things. Who is this man? And the controversy rages. I want us to look at three things in the narrative, number one, the healing of the man, kind of straightforward, and uh, we we'll just look at a few things about it. then the Sabbath controversy and Christ really stirs up the waters because when they bring up the Sabbath breaking, he throws in by the way, God is my Father. This really puts them into Uh, fervent anger, and they continue their plot. This will signal the death plot. From here on, he's going to be plotted and sought to be killed. And when they killed him, they said, we do not kill you for a good work. We kill you for blasphemy, for you claim to be God. And you claim to be equal with God. This will get you killed in Judaism In 33 AD, it would get you killed today. In Muslim countries, it would get you killed if if, uh, the law didn't restrain you in Israel. If the rabbis could, and you got up in the synagogue and said, Yeshua HaMashiach is Jesus Christ, the Christ of Christianity. If they could, they would stone you. He is not without controversy. Let's first of all look at the man. What a story. Within view of the temple site is a pool. It was fed by two springs of water. Once in a while, these waters uh, would have a surge from the springs, and tradition has it that the waters would bubble more at that time, be more stirred up. And so a tradition and a superstition grew up around. The stirring of the waters. In the best text, they don't even have the mention of the angels stirring the water. That seemed to be a local tradition. Look, this wasn't necessarily what God was saying. But some people got in. Some people actually were healed. And, uh, but we have a pitiful case here. We've got a man who for 38 years has laid by this pool. And he's got a problem. He is so infirm, so slow, he can't get first in the line. His disease has left him unable to get to the cure. He can't get to the cure. Doesn't matter how wonderful it might be, I can't get into that which can cure me. Well, in walks the healer, the Lord Jesus Christ. And finds this man, and he says, I want to ask you a question. Do you want to get well? That's a good question. Some people get more attention staying sick. Some people have got to always have a problem to be sure their center stays for attention. Do you really want to get well? Do you want to be well? That's all he asks. It doesn't say this man says, thou art the Christ. He had no clue he was the Christ. And He did say, I believe. There's nothing said about this man, anything virtuous. He seems to be a kind of a bumbling kind of a guy. He didn't even know who it was that gets him well. He, he could care less if he was a prophet, if he was Messiah. All I know is I got well. And Jesus said, just take up your mat. And walk, and like that, a disease for thirty eight years evaporates, goes into his past, and this guy is so exuberant uh, he he didn 't look at his calendar to see which day this could happen when you want to get well, any day is right, and so he, in his exuberance, goes on and imagine what the uh, local talk was, a man for 38 years at this pool, it got out. The word got out. He's been healed, and who goes looking for him? But the religious leaders of the day. Bankrupt Judaism. And they looked the man up. Did you get healed? Yes, I did get healed. Did you look at your calendar? Well, no, I didn't. Uh, uh, We We want to write you up. What is it? You broke the rule. What's the rule? The Sabbath rule. What is an amazing picture to me here is here you've got a picture of helpless humanity cannot rescue themselves, cannot even get to the healing. They can see it from afar Religious institution within view of Bethesda. You can look right up to the temple site. And we've got a religion so powerless that you can't change my condition. But you've got enough rules that no man can keep up with. And the human race is still trying to reach God by rules. Make the rules. What the man needed was a change life. What the man needed was power, something to transform him. And I want to say this world is filled with formulas of how to get to God. The major one that people love is called the merit ladder to get to God. Give me something to do so I can earn God's favor. Well, if we gave it to you, mister, you're so lame since the fall of Adam in your heart, you can't keep anything God gives He gave 613 commandments. In the Ten Commandments and the rest of the book of Exodus, 613. We can't keep the ten. What's he doing? Rules won't get you well. Religion can't get you well. There's only one man operating around Jerusalem at this time that could get you well. It's Jesus Christ alone can make the man well. A real, Judaism couldn't do it. Rome couldn't do it. Medicine couldn't do it. He was he, the Americans love this picture because the guy first in line gets the healing. And you aggressive types love that. You're type A, I'll be first in the line. This man never could get first. You see, that's an amazing thing about God too. God as a whole has chosen to save everybody that's not first. He chooses the weakest, he chooses the unlikely, he chooses the ungodly, and he chooses those that can't get to the front of the line. So, in the miracle, what comes out of it, a healer is working down at Bethesda, and it's not an angel in the water. It's who's outside the water, Christ. What happens? Sabbatical controversy you can't be getting healed on the Sabbath. What was the Sabbath controversy? Let's just give you a little bit about it. Sabbath meant to rest. After God had created for six days, it says he rested. Now what does that mean? He became inactive. The whole universe would cave in on itself if God went to sleep after six days. For God's power, who holds uh, the galaxies in their place? Who keeps the moon, the sun, in its its very orbit? uh, Who keeps the tides within their boundaries? What keeps them? God said, who keeps every atom in place? On and on. And so he says, no, God rested from his work of creation, but he has not stopped working at all. And so when the Sabbath came along and God gave it to Israel, what the intent was, rest from what you normally do vocationally, homemaker, one day out of seven, Take a break from your ordinary occupational duties just to focus on God, just to do nothing but think, rest, and worship God. But the rabbis came along and they added 39 rules of what you had to do on the Sabbath. Had nothing to do with scripture. Religion is great at making rules and terrible at changing lives. Great at rules. They had some rules like this. I was very uh, amazed as I was reading and studying this. They actually had dentures in the first century. And and the rabbi says, you can't wear them on the Sabbath. Come on, let the guy eat. Can you imagine eating grain? Just your gums? Uh, they had a rule that if you uh, carried your jacket over your arm, you broke the Sabbath. If you wore your jacket, it was okay. You just can't carry it. So you, now you've got to get these rules. Quit laughing out there. You've got to get these rules. You might be a Sabbath breaker, and you are, all of you. We don't keep any of the Sabbath. Uh, they had things like this. Be careful where you spit. If you spit on a rock, it's okay. But if you spit on dirt, you're guilty of irrigation. Yeah, this is rabbinic literature. 39 rules about the Sabbath. And so all they're concerned, you can't be healing on the Sabbath. And Christ kept showing in the Gospels, I am the Lord over the Sabbath. I made the Sabbath. You guys will pull an ox out of the ditch on the Sabbath, but you won't do anything good for a son of Abraham. What they had done, if it involved real estate, money, a property, it's okay. But if it's doing healing, doing God kind of works, you can't do it. And you see the terrible bankruptcy of what God's revealed religion to Israel had fallen into. You're just concerned about rules. You're blind to Messiah. You're blind to human need. You're just full of prejudicial rules. That's what scares me about dead Christianity. The only thing left when you're dead in Christianity are the rules. You've lost life. You've lost power. You've lost joy. You've lost peace. But oh, can you quote the rules. You know what we ought to act like. And if we let you, you would prescribe everything we can do. But thank God he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I'm not under the law of Moses nor the law of men. I'm under Caesar. I submit to Caesar. That's one thing, as long as Caesar doesn't tell me to violate God. If Caesar tells me to kill a baby, what do I do? Obey God rather than men. By the way, you men might as well know, we tell wives to submit in marriage until your husband tells you to do something that God is against. You never do what a husband wants you to do if it's against God, God's first. Not the husband. You submit to your husband as unto the Lord. I would think more women would amen that. But you're scared your husband won't let you. That's okay. Guys, come on, let her lift her hands. Uh, So we've got a healing. We've got a controversy. And in the midst of that, Christ says, let me tell you who I am. You're accusing me by calling God my father. See, we don't call God my father. We say our father. Sonship and God's the father. The doctrine that God is the father of everybody, universal fatherhood of God is not found in the Bible. He's called to be father of four different beings, angels, Job 1 and 2. The sons of God sang in the morning of creation. So, God had a father-creative-son relationship. He called the nation of Israel, Hosea 11, 1, Thou art my son out of Egypt have I called you. And it was applied to Christ himself, but it was used of the nation. We are called sons of God by adoption. You became God's adopted children. And so, we have that relationship. But when we use the Son, God the Son, there's a word used of him called monogenes, only begotten. And monogenes means one of a kind. There's only one father-son relationship like the Father and God the Son share It's the unique relationship of all father-son relationships. He is the only begotten, not procreated. He's the unique son, never created, forever the son. And so he says, God is my father, and as he's been working, so I am working. For this, the Jews, they they would have killed him that day. He doesn't say, no, 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 you're mistaken. You didn't understand what I said. For they said, when you called God your father, like my God, you made yourself equal. Why didn't Christ edit? It said, oh, you're mistaken. You didn't understand. No, he said, you got it. That's what I just said. And then, now he's going to give four other claims on top of that to say, you heard me right. I and the Father are equal. Did you see, if, if God the Father and God the Son uh, did some arm wrestling, neither one could ever win if it was on the basis of power. Guess, what? Guess how the Father wins. The Son submits to the Father. If the Father says, son, I want you to lose. He said, okay. He'd do whatever the father said. But if it was just mere power, uh, the son is as powerful as the father. Did you know the father uh, doesn't know anything the son doesn't know? Except in his humanity, he wouldn't tell him when he was going to send him back to the earth. So he kept him ignorant in his humanity. He said, only my father knows when I'm coming back. As God he knows, but not as the God man. Confusing? Nothing like it in no, all history. The unique person. God the Son. My Father is greater than I. Uh-oh. There, He's more deity. No, no, no. He's greater in authority while I'm on the earth. He, it's like you working for a guy, and this is what's hard. I'm working for a guy that's a bimbo, you say. I know as much as him. I'm as good as him. But he happens to be the foreman. And he doesn't know half as much as me. I know. No one is smart as you. But he's greater in authority over you, is he not? It's in marriage. We tell women God wants the man to leave the home. He ought to be greater in authority. But he's not greater in equality. Women are no less made in the image of God than a man. Men are not made more in the image of God than women. He said he made them male and female, so he made them in his image.
1: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. The ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules.